Welcome back to another episode of SI Tells All. Today's special guest is another one of our SI mentors, Christina Chula. Uh, Christina's been with us for quite some time, uh, but go ahead and introduce yourself and then the courses that you supported. All right. Hi, guys. Um, like Nancy said, my name's Christina. I've been with SI, I think, for eight or nine semesters now. I lost track. It's been That's how you know it's been a while. <laughs> But when I served as an SI leader, I supported both Chem 1A and then I switched to CRIM 155. Which was definitely a curveball, I remember, yeah. uh, when you were coming back. Well, you had gone back to be, um, you had been in the mentor role for a semester and then yep. opted to return to be an SI leader. And then that's when you were presented with courses outside of chemistry. <laughs> Yeah, I thought when I opted to switch back that I'd get Chem 1A again, mm-hmm. and then that wasn't even like an option given to me. <laughs> so it was like physics and CRIM, right? I got offered, yeah, I got offered Physics 2A, Physics 2B, Kinese 116, or CRIM 155. Mm-hmm. I went with CRIM 155. <laughs> <laughs> so, Christina, initially, um, what brought you to SI? Um. So I think I joined SI when it was only in its second or third semester when it was up and running on campus. Because when I joined, there was only like, I don't know, two returning leaders and about 15 to 20 new leaders and only two mentors. And when I joined, um, it was after I had gone through bio uh, 64 and 65, which is now 67 A and B. Mm -hmm. And 64 wasn't bad. It was a lot of memorization. But when I got into 65, I was like thinking, well, I took physiology in high school. I passed it there. It was a lot of fun. Like I was thinking physiology in college would be the same thing. Um, Turns out Dr. Tuljan's physiology is a lot harder than high school physiology. And I met uh, Ray. He was the SI leader for the course. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, maybe like, "Eh, I don't think I'll need SI. And then I took the first test and I bombed the first test, um, mm-hmm. even after studying. So then I was like, okay, maybe I should try going to SI. And I went like one or two times before the next exam. And that had like, even just going those couple of times had a significant mm-hmm. increase in my grade. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So SI pretty much got me through physiology with an A. So I was like, mm-hmm. I would love to do that for other students. Like, I think that'd be a really cool opportunity. And then I found out that my dad was teaching Chem 1A. So I was like, oh, my God, maybe I'll get partnered with him if I can do Chem 1A. Good old Dr. Chula. So that's why I first applied. One, because I really, like, wanted to give that opportunity to other students because it had such an impact on my experience with physiology. And two, it'd be cool to work with my dad. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so you started off as an SI leader, Chem 1A. And then how many uh, semesters were you an SI leader before the mental role came about? Well, I got, I think I got offered the mentor role the first time in my second semester. And at that point, like I wasn't 100% sure if I wanted to do it, but I interviewed um, just to interview and go through that experience. And then my third, and then I didn't get it the first semester, and I was like, that's okay, because I'm going to be still with Chem 1A with my dad the next semester. Um, So then I, after my third semester is when I actually joined the team. So going into my fourth semester in SI is when I started as a mentor the first time. 
That's right. You talked about what brought you to SI. What keeps you here? The people. <laughs> I think um, when I started at Fresno State, I was uh, I was like that student that would show up and go to class and go home, and I didn't know a lot of people. That was um, me too. Yeah, I didn't want to know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kept to myself a lot, and then I was thinking, no, like if I'm going to be living in Fresno, I should start to meet people. And so when I joined SI, I think I met a lot of my friends through SI and then just getting to work with the whole team on a daily basis and seeing like my personal growth as a person and in the program Mm -hmm. kept me coming back as an SI leader because it's just a rewarding job. And I loved working with my students and then going into the SI mentor. I think it's just the mentor team and being able to shape leaders to be the best that they can is what keeps me coming back. Cause I love, I'm like a mom with my mm-hmm. SI leaders. So when they have wins, it's like a win for me. And I have like proud mom moments with them. Oh yeah. I totally relate to that. <laughs> okay. And so, um, you know, it's been sometimes eight to nine semesters since you were an SI leader. Oh, well, technically initially, cause you did go back. What would you say is the most challenging part of being an SI leader, at least in your experience? Um, My experience, I think the hardest part was like, although people say I make it look easy, it wasn't that easy if you looked on my end, um, but trying to just come up with ways where like you can make your sessions really engaging and fun. Mm -hmm. Like I would constantly try to find new activities for it um, Mm -hmm. because I know like the stigma around chemistry is not a lot of people liked chemistry and it was like boring. Um, So I would always try to find ways to make it more fun. And after a while, it got a little bit difficult to try to find new activities that you could do with the math side of chemistry. Um, Because I think when you think games and stuff, like you want a little bit faster pace, which is easier with concepts. And so I think just planning them out every week and having that idea of like, this is what I want to do when I go in Mm -hmm. um, and trying to figure out the best ways to help my students. Cause I wanted to make sure like, I didn't, I was always concerned, like they wouldn't get what I wanted them to get out of the sessions. And so Mm -hmm. I was always concerned, like I need to do it to where I know they're leaving this session, knowing the material I want them to know. Right. Yeah. And I mean, Obviously, though there was a lot of behind-the-scenes work on your end, um, being creative was something that you're often highlighted for and even awarded for as an essay leader. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, if anything, we, it shows that that work definitely pays off. And it was recognized by not just one person, but multiple people on our team. Um, you now are like the go-to person when it comes to finding ways to make something very interactive. I am. And I love it. I love when leaders ask me for help on activities. I could go on all day. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I think I like to say that, you know, though you didn't necessarily become a physics SI leader, like having the background in multiple areas from CRIM to CHEM to physics, I think it has allowed other SI leaders that you've worked with to be a little bit more open-minded because we used to have some groups that would typically say, well, that doesn't work with us, you know? Um, and so I think you going back and supporting a very different course than what you were used to and, you know, coming up with activities like your stinky feet and things <laughs> like that and the escape room that you were 
uh, worked on like half the semester waiting to do that escape room and essentially seeing that you can modify something no matter the subject and still make it engaging, whether it's physics, whether it's criminology, whether it's chemistry. Yeah. And I think breaking that stigma has allowed a lot of leaders to kind of break out of their comfort zone too. Right. And it's been nice because even like working with subjects that I've never taken, I've been like been able to find like common ground points on like being able to talk content with them, even Mm -hmm. though I don't know the content because I I don't know any content. Um, Yeah. Oftentimes sitting in interviews like, Christina, was that accurate? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And yeah. And and I think a lot of it, I can definitely relate to, you know, what keeps you in SI. I think it's such a, like you said, you see the growth within yourself. You see the growth in the kids. I mean, they're not kids, but and the kids that you're working with, and um, I definitely can relate to like their victories being your victories. And so there's just something really contagious about that atmosphere in the learning center. Yeah, where it makes it uh, really rewarding, even though you're no longer being an SI leader directly working with students, you're able to still see that impact and, um, and how you contribute to that and in, in really helping SI leaders enhance their sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was maybe your least favorite part about being an SI leader? Uh, that's a tough one because I loved being an SI leader. Um, I think there's gotta be something. I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think. I mean, it's not something that I liked least, but I think the hardest part was when, like, you would have that session where you would like plan it out, and then when you go in, it doesn't go to plan, and it's like you leave the session thinking it was like the worst session in the world. And sometimes like your mentor would come in and observe and it'd be like that session. And then you sit there like kind of scared, like, oh my God, are they going to rip me a new one? Like I just floundered in front of my mentor um, after I've been doing so well, like, are they going to be disappointed kind of thing? And it's like trying to remind myself, like everyone has those days. It's not like a setback. It's just part of the growth. And I think trying to come to terms with that was a hard part. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I was that person, I was like, oh my God, I always, like, I want to do the best for my students. And when the session doesn't go best, it's like, am I letting them down? So just trying to work around that. Um, Cause I know all SI leaders have at least like the one session where it's like, that was not good. And they leave that way, feeling that way and knowing like that was probably not my favorite part. <laughs> all right. Yeah. And it's not something that, you know, you just realize overnight uh, or from one session to another. It's you are your harshest critic. Um, and I think seeing the intentionality that goes into planning these sessions. And I mean, I definitely still feel that way sometimes. And, you know, when it comes to training, things like that, I'm like, OK, well, I didn't like that. Um, and I can continue to kind of dwell on it or beat myself up over it um, or change it the next time around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What about the SI mentor role? Uh, favorite part or least favorite part? <laughs> um, well, let's do both. Okay. Um, my favorite part about being in the SI mentor role is first off working with the mentors because it's just such a great team to look at like the dynamics with because we all yeah. have our own strengths and it's like when we come together, we make like one like superhuman. Um, and then it's also getting to work with all of the leaders. I think like I have never been with the same group for more than one semester, which 
that is sad for me because I like to work with like I have leaders that I'm like oh my god I nurtured them the first semester I want to keep working with them to see where they go the second semester but at the same time it's like I've been able to work with so many different subjects and so many different leaders and I've been able to help them through their first semester so that I know when I send them on to another mentor like I would hope that mentor would see like the promise that I saw on them with the first Mm -hmm. semester and seeing like where they started the semester and where they ended up is really cool um because it's like their own personal growth journey and knowing that I had like this little factor in it and helping them through the process in their first semester in SI and so I think that's been my favorite part is just working with a whole bunch of different leaders because I never knew what to expect with them like last semester I had CE and I was like I've never worked with CE. I've Mm -hmm. never taken CE. I haven't really interacted a lot with CE leaders. Like I knew who they were, but I never like really interact with them. And so last semester working with them, I was a little bit nervous, but honestly, they were like a super cool group um, and really great leaders. I think that's also like the same thing. Not my like not favorite part about being a mentor is like (laughs) the fact that I don't get to work with the same leaders. Like I want to continue on their growth journey. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, I know there's a reason for why we get switched around and why they get exposed because you always want people to like branch out. And Mm -hmm. I know like you don't want to get tied down to where the same person's always going to the same mentor over and over again. You want them to be exposed to all of us because like I said, we all have different strengths and see different Mm -hmm. things. Um, And so I love my leaders and I want to keep working with them, but I I know know that I don't always get to do so. I know. And, and, you know, um, every, yeah, everyone's usually surprised by the groups. Um, I'm sure you're not the only mentor that's been like, Hmm, I haven't worked with this group, but, um, I myself, uh, though I don't get specific groups, like I love working with the leaders that I work with. And so I also have a hard time letting go, but it's all part of the process. And sometimes, you know, I've been at a point where like I'm working with a leader and I'm like, great we've we've done some great work this semester obviously we i think both you and i we we want to continue to see um these leaders not only continue to do well but we want to see them really elevate um their performance and so oftentimes i also think you know like though it would be great to work with this person and continue working with them sometimes you know certain strengths from a mentor or even a mentor's perspective as opposed as opposed to pro staff um will offer them something that i can't Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, but it's okay to have a hard time letting go. I do too. I do. <laughs> um, so, Christina, a little bit less about SI and a little bit more about yourself. Who are you outside of being, you know, Christina, SI mentor? Um, well, that's like a loaded question for me because people always ask, like, who are you? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just me. But um. well, we, are, we are ready for a loaded answer. <laughs> Um, well, I have, I think I'm kind of shaped a little differently because I've lived in multiple places. So I don't always have like the same like look on things or like the same interests as certain people, um, from like where I'm from. Cause like I lived in, I think I grew up in, in, or I grew up in Tennessee and then Indiana. And so when I moved to California, a little bit of a culture shock because I was like a lot of people here um speak differently like I didn't understand the Mm -hmm. word hella until I moved here I had never heard that a day in my life um (laughs) so a lot of like my interests and things don't get me wrong there's a lot of people that have the same interests as me here because especially living in Fresno with an ag community um Mm -hmm. but definitely growing up in the south and the midwest 
I'm a little bit more country than I let on and then I look, but I am a country girl at heart. I did have a cute Southern accent, but I lost it from living in Indiana for so long and I ended up with like a Midwestern accent. (laughs) But um, I am a country girl at heart. I love country music. Um, Mm -hmm. I love horseback riding. Uh, Definitely going to get back into that as soon as COVID's over. Mm -hmm. Um, I like going camping. I'm that girl that will go uh, riding ATVs and quads through the mud, get all dirty. Um, Mm -hmm. I am going to learn how to shoot. That is on my to-do list. Okay. That's an shooting range. (laughs) Um, And then we, I like camping and we go camping and go fishing too. So that's a fun part. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you read my bio, it also tells you that I want a ranch when I'm older. So that's like goals. Um, mm-hmm. with all my farm animals. I currently have chickens. They're funny, but I want more. <laughs> yeah, we want the whole, more de- more animals, a full-on ranch. Full-on ranch, yeah. Like, my best friend's family has a ranch down in Exeter, and they have lambs, and they have ducks, and they have mm-hmm. chickens, and then the neighbors behind them have horses. So I'm like, oh, I love going down there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But then, like, at the same time, a little bit California, because I am a beach person, and I prefer the beach over mountains. Um, I thought I liked the mountains, but after my recent trip to Utah, yeah, no, I'm kind of over that. (laughs) Um, It was cool. But apparently, altitude and me don't mix, and that's okay. I'll stay at sea level on the (laughs) beach. Um, And then I think my favorite place to vacation is Hawaii, which is why I'm a beach person. (laughs) Yeah. FYI, Christina goes to Hawaii every year. I've yet to go once, um, so I'm a little, I'm a little jealous. But yeah, you go to Hawaii very often. We do. It, it's a benefit that my dad has the condo there, so then we always have like a place, so we don't really have to like pay, pay because it's technically already paid for through his um, mm-hmm. timeshare. And so I love Maui. I think that's where I've gotten a lot of cool experiences, too, like snorkeling with the manta rays, um, even just going snorkeling off of, like, the different islands, like Lanai and Molokini. I saw reef sharks, and I saw eagle rays. Um, did not get close enough because it is, like, 50 feet deep or more. I don't know what they said, but it was pretty deep, so I didn't get close enough. But I'm like, huh, I'm swimming with sharks right down there. A little bit nerve-wracking, but it's so cool. Um, and I'm definitely a family person, regardless of family drama. I'll always put my family before anything else. Well, my immediate family. <laughs> yeah. Like my dad's, but I don't know. I don't really know my mom's side of the family because they mostly live in Korea. But my dad's side of the family, we all live in Fresno within like a 10 mile radius of each other. So if something happens, it spreads pretty quickly because realistically, my dad's family can't keep a secret. So we're all very close. And we all, um, if something were to happen, we all know we would be there to help within like 10 minutes. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot there, a lot to know about Christina. I tend to know a lot of these things already, but of course I work very closely with you as <laughs> not everyone from our team may know these things about you. But yeah, she's always at concerts, country concerts. You can probably expect that she's going to be there. Um, she always tends to find really good seats. For good prices, uh, too. So yeah. if you need help with tickets, you can always ask. I'm very good at finding cheap, good seats. 
And so uh, Christina, obviously we're, you know, working entirely online. Um, right now we're doing an entire um, online training. So um, what's it been like for you as far as being both a student and also having to work uh, remotely? I think I've gotten used to it now that we've been doing it for a couple of months, but it was really frustrating when we first started. Like as a student, because I'm a grad student in the chemistry program, um, classes going online wasn't that big a deal for me. It was just instead of going to sit and lecture on campus, I just sat in my office online and listened to the lecture. I think the most frustrating part, though, is like as a chemistry master's student, you have to do research and you have to write your thesis. And in order to graduate, you have to like successfully defend your thesis. And with COVID, the research labs are shut down. And so I haven't been able to do any research. And so from that standpoint as a student it was really frustrating because if I can't do my research, I can't write my thesis, then that like puts off my graduation date for I'm not sure how long. Um, but I did get news this morning that research labs are opening in a couple weeks, but they're going to be really limited. So I'm not sure what it looks like yet. Um, but at least I know, like, maybe I'll have the opportunity to do some research this semester. Um, in terms of working remotely on SI, like, I've gotten used to it to where I feel like I'm a pro at Zoom now. And I can, like, successfully navigate everything um, with training, with working with my leaders online and all of that. Um, the downside for me is I really like face-to-face -face interactions, so I really liked going into the Learning Center and having group meetings in person with my leaders and getting to interact in person with them, just because, like I said, I love the people on this team and I like being around them, and so I think that's been the hardest part is not being able to, like, work with them face-to-face, -face. and I think with the transition last semester, it's a little bit easier to work with my leaders online because we had already been working in person for most of the semester. Um, so like this coming semester, I'm a little bit nervous because I know it's harder to build like rapport and relations when you're like talking to them through a computer screen. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what's most sad for me because I'm, I'm going to miss seeing people in person and missing yeah. that environment in the learning center. I know. I went there recently to get some equipment. I was like, it's so weird being here. And it's I so know. weird with it being empty. I saw the picture and I was like, ah, the motherland. <laughs> the motherland of SI. But yeah, yeah, it's definitely an adjustment. Um, hopefully, yeah, the labs, that definitely would impact your position as a, a graduate student. Of course, that's all you're kind of focusing on now is your research. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's definitely got to be tough um and obviously it's so unprecedented that like everything is you know everyone's trying to figure it out as they go and what's going to be best but also safe yeah and i think like we like my grad advisor had sent out a survey like asking us like if we would like if we would opt if given the option if we would do like mini research projects with just papers mm -hmm. and presentations versus the whole thesis in order to graduate and i was like yeah sign me up I don't want to like I'm after I'm technically supposed to graduate next semester in the spring um but I don't think that's gonna happen <laughs> just because I haven't done all of my research yet so yeah well hopefully it doesn't impact your graduation date dang that's so crazy to think that you're I don't know I'm so used to being you being with SI that like it's always hard to see uh, you mentors go as well I know.
when that day comes, <laughs> I'm going to be in tears. <laughs> Me too. So it's all right. Don't worry about it. Um, so Christina, what would be some advice that you would have for SI leaders um, this semester as they um, are essentially working entirely online, doing SI online? It's going to be quite an adjustment, but um, any advice that you have for leaders? Um, I think the same advice I tell them in person, I think, still applies online, where it's like, um, don't be afraid to try new things, because basically this whole <clears throat> online session, um, while we always did have the Zoom cohort with those select leaders that would facilitate online sessions, for the most part, this is new to everybody. And so I think looking at this as a learning and growing opportunity instead of like something we have to do because of COVID, um, like taking like the more positive outlook mm -hmm. on it. And feel like this is an opportunity for me to learn something new, to try something new, to find new things that I can work with on Zoom and make the most out of this situation because I still think you can be successful in helping your students online. Um, if you go into it with the outlook, like this is just something we gotta do and this is gonna, I'm gonna turn this situation into a positive and find new ways to really help my students even though we're online. And so I think just always taking that positive outlook on things, even if things are tough or things get hard, looking at it from glass half full instead of glass half empty will really help with the mindset and going into the sessions. Great advice. Um, yeah, you're right, Brett. I think that will definitely, because um, then it becomes more of an excuse, right? because of COVID, because we're online. But that's just, I mean, that's that's been our reality for a couple months now. So yeah, I think a different mindset will definitely help. Uh, Christina, there's definitely um, a topic that I've been kind of uh, wanting to get from everyone who's been with SI for a while. So as far as your future aspirations of where you want to be, if you've decided that by now, uh, feel free to share. Um, but also what specifically from SI would be some transferable skills that you um, know that you'll take with you when you are no longer with SI? So my goal is to be a criminalist, um, which if you don't know what a criminalist is, it's like real life CSI. Um, it is different from what you see on TV, but that's essentially what it is. Um, so working on crime scenes, processing DNA, specifically DNA is the uh, section that I want to work in. And I think the big things that I'm taking away because I interned at the crime lab. So I know a little bit of how things work is like at the crime lab, you're also working in a team. So it's not just you ever by yourself. Like mm -hmm. there's different departments and then each department has their own team. And so I think taking away from SI, like the communication, um, knowing how to work with groups, knowing how to kind of take lead on projects and just overall professionalism is mm -hmm. a lot of what I'm taking away from SI just because like you get the communication with different populations because you have to learn how to communicate with your mentor, with pro staff, with faculty, with students. And so working in the crime lab, you have to communicate with like the director, with law enforcement, with the people who are going to potentially go to court and sit on like different court cases to present like our findings as evidence um, mm -hmm. and talking to your team and the director and all of that. And so just already being exposed to knowing how to communicate properly and professionally and respectfully with different populations and changing how you communicate and build that yeah. rapport depending on who you're talking to. You is can't say hello. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, but that would be like a big thing for where I'm going into because you, I'm still going to be working with those different populations mm -hmm. and knowing how to kind of 
change the communication based on who you're talking with or changing like the verbiage that you use depending on who you're talking with. Cause like talking with a mentor at SI, like you can sit there and say like, I use this modality today and I was trying to hit like this, like I wanted to work on the fundamental five in this section and da, da, da. like you mm-hmm. don't go and sit with your professor and tell them that because they'll probably look at you like, what are you talking about? And so just knowing like different verbiage and stuff. I think mm-hmm. the professionalism too, just because I think, well, I've had the opportunities to like present and Seattle. yeah, <laughs> present at conferences um, and to sit in interviews on a panel um, and having those opportunities, I think will help too. Cause I think those have helped me raise my professional expectations of myself as well. Um, but definitely being able to work with people because no matter what job you go into, you're going to be working with people. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Teamwork is uh, maybe an underrated skill that people think that would naturally come, but um, you're right. I mean, especially with working with the larger the team grows, as far as the mentor team, we're all aiming for the same kind of things, but sometimes the approaches can be very different. And so having, you know, um, maybe nine, 10, 11 different opinions and formulating one plan um, for training or policy changes, things like that can, uh, it can take some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's not just teamwork, but like, as like, that's a big part of like working on the SA mentor team, the communication you get a lot from the SA leader, but like the self accountability and holding myself responsible on completing everything. Um, Cause you get that as an SA leader because your SA mentor doesn't like hold your hand um, right. and ex- like tell you, like remind you every day, like upload your packet and all of that. But as an SI mentor too, like we have all of our responsibilities, like your box checks and making sure we show up to weekly group meetings, knowing what we got to do, coming into like mentor meetings prepared with maybe like something that we're assigned to talk about. Like when we go into monthly trainings, Nancy always tells us like, come next week with ideas. And so just making sure that I hold myself accountable to get all of my work done as well. Because even out in the real world, um, if you're work, like with me, if I'm working on a case and there's a deadline as to when I got to get things processed by, like, that's going to be on me. Nobody's going to come in and like say, like, hold my hand and say, Christina, let me help you through this. It's like, no, do your, you got to do your job and you got to support your team. Yeah, I can. I'm like, Christina, you got to do this. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, but you're right. Self-accountability is such a, I mean, that's essentially why you're all even selected to be on this team is because we know we don't have to micromanage or kind of be on you all about, you know, what you're supposed to get done. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, So, Christina, is there uh, maybe a pivotal moment in your life that you can think back that has shaped who you, uh, you know, who you are today? Uh, That's another loaded question. (laughs) Um, I think the biggest a moment for me that kind of put me in the direction that I needed to go and grow into who I am happened back in like December 2013. I'm not going to go into all the details just because it's a lot of what happened, but I ended up being hospitalized for like two and a half weeks. Um, And then when I got out is when I decided to withdraw from UC Santa Cruz and move to Fresno. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because like at UC Santa Cruz, um, I didn't even make it back in time for the beginning of the quarter because I was still in the hospital. And so I was like, I don't even want to like, I wasn't happy. I didn't want to go to UC Santa Cruz anymore. They didn't have like the major or the department that I wanted to kind of pursue. So I made that decision to withdraw and kind of take a semester off to figure out what I wanted to do. 
And that's when I moved to Fresno to be with the rest of my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad, who moved to Fresno, um, I came down here to live with him. And so we tried to figure out what to do together. And I ended up enrolling in Fresno State for the fall. And then at that point was when I got into like the department I wanted to do, which was kinesiology. Um, I stayed there through my whole undergrad I did not stay in the same department of kinesiology. I started in athletic training and ended in exercise physiology. But I think just making that decision put me onto the path to where, like, I've had all these experiences um, at Fresno State, and I've met some of my best friends at Fresno State, and I got the opportunity to be a part of SI because SI wasn't a thing at UC Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. And so I think had I not made that decision, I wouldn't be, like, in the position that I'm in now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there was definitely um, a lot of difficult decisions over the past, uh, you know, when you definitely, even just deciding to uh, leave UC Santa Cruz. And though you have maybe been kind of used to moving around, um, essentially starting a whole new life in Fresno again. And like you said earlier, like you kind of kept to yourself at first and um, kind of found your place in SI. Yeah, I had to figure out figure out my place at Fresno State, but definitely SI broke me out of my shell. And I was like, I need to do something so I'm not that kid that goes through college with no friends the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Um, Yeah, and you know what? I I myself was very focused on my academics. Um, If anything, I was kind of glad that I wasn't, I guess, so much into the social aspect yet because I think that alone time also lets you kind of realize a lot of things about yourself. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, college is all about, yeah, finding who you are. And I think every experience that you have, whether it was good, bad, I mean, it shapes you to who you are today. Um, And I've seen a lot of your growth, Christina, in SI over the past semester. So you've definitely come a long way in um, so many areas and and areas that I I think, you know, I'm not going to go into the details of, but I think think areas that were not easy, but you were committed to working on. So um, so I think a lot of personal growth. (laughs) I would have to agree because I'm definitely not, I'm not even the same mentor that I started off as a couple semesters ago, let alone the same yeah. like person that I was when I started in the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your journey with us and any, anything else that you would want to share? Um, just that like, it's okay to not know what you want to do. When, mm-hmm. especially when you start college I know a lot of SI leaders um I know we have a lot of SI leaders that are like juniors and seniors and in their last years but we also have SI leaders who are just starting off as maybe second semester freshmen or first semester sophomores and it's okay to not have your whole life figured out yet it took me a little bit to figure that out for myself but just work towards just work hard figure like don't ever think like just because you have this certain major you have this certain goal that that's what you have to stick with now because you're so far into your college career like it's okay to switch I switched my major a couple times before I figured out that I wanted to do exercise science and then by the time I finished I figured out I needed chemistry background so I ended up with my chem minor and in my grad program um so it's okay to take a little bit of time Mm -hmm. to figure it out you don't have to have it figured out at 20 21 22 years old right that doesn't mean like you don't want to put in the effort and work towards what you want either. Absolutely. It takes time to find what you're passionate about. Um, uh, but, you know, like they say, everyone's passionate about something. They just might be very different things. 
Um, but you're right. I think the biggest, um, maybe the biggest downfall is people tend to start comparing themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this person finished in this amount of time or this person did, you know, this. And I think that's where um, I can see a lot of pressure that people put on themselves or maybe family puts on individuals in college, things like that. But you're right. Um, I mean, look at, yeah, look at all the times that you uh, maybe kind of bounced different ideas around and, you know, took different courses and, and now you, you know, now you know what, what you want to be and doesn't matter the time it took you. Uh, I think there's nothing more fulfilling than, than just knowing, like, I really enjoy the work that I do. I, um, I know that I'm going to enjoy, like, you've been able to kind of intern in the areas that you want to work in. And so um, it's not like you're going in there blind and like, will be surprised like whoa I did I was not expecting this This is not what I thought it was going to be yeah definitely and I think SI helps me figure it out a little bit too because I was (laughs) I was that person that did not want anything to do with chemistry when I started Mm -hmm. whatsoever being with SI and like the chem 1a I learned to appreciate chemistry and really enjoy it which is why I'm in the chem master's program now because SI put me in that path and I think SI has done that for a lot of people too, it's helped them figure out what they want to do. And so I'd say just take advantage of the opportunities that this program mm-hmm. gives you. Yeah, you're you're gonna um, get what you put into it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all righty, Christina. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join me on the podcast and sharing a little bit more um, about yourself. There's so much more uh, to know about Christina, but you're going to have to kind of ask yourself because otherwise we'd be here for hours. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And if you want to know more, I am an open book. <laughs> yeah. There you have it. That's Christina Chula, uh, one of our SI mentors. Um, tons of experiences, lots of strategies to share. Make sure you connect with her and keep listening to get to know more people from our team. Mm-hmm.